Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, we're going to be talking about harnessing your inner personal power to make every situation a win-win situation as I am joined by executive professional and author Gail Rudolph. Gail is the author of the book, Power Up, Power Down, and she shows people how to make every situation a win-win because she says that we give away our power. So we're going to be talking to her about her story and why she feels the way she feels. So Gail, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, you know, I I have struggled with power my entire life. And this was something that actually came to me because I I wanted to share it with everybody. So I grew up, I'm the youngest of four children, or four, I should, yeah, the youngest of four. And my oldest brother was 18 years my senior. So being the youngest and the surprise to my family, I learned very quickly that I didn't have a voice in the house. And I learned some bad habits on trying to get heard. I did a lot of screaming. I did a lot of yelling. And as a young kid, that was, that was okay. But as you grow up, I kind of, I didn't have the resources. You can't do that at work. So that's how I kind of started my uh, relationship with power and trying to understand power dynamics. It then okay. went, I was going to say, and then it went on to when I first started my, my first, one of my first jobs was with a community foundation. And at that community foundation, I was the associate executive director, a full-time position, and the executive director was part-time. So it kind of translated into, I did the majority of the work and he kind of did the, got the majority of the credit. And what happened was I had advanced our goals, our three-year goals, and had completed them in about a year. And I had been promised a raise once we hit those gold bench, gold benchmarks. And I went into his office and I asked him for a raise with this feather in my cap of completing everything. And what happened then just bewildered me. He looked at me and he said, don't you get child support? And as a single mom at the time, I couldn't understand what child support had to do with the job I was doing there and what it had to do with getting a raise. And what happened was I ultimately left that position, but it left me with an epiphany. And the epiphany was, we don't, uh, we don't get our power taken from us. Nobody takes it away. We actually give it away. And if I knew now what I, what I, if I knew then what I know now, I would have handled that situation so completely different and held my power um, by my body language, by my tone of voice, by the, by the, the words I chose to use. But I didn't understand that at the time. And it led me to realize that power dynamics and our struggle with power is probably going to be one of the soft skills that is going to be the most valuable to have as we try to reach our success in life. Well, if you would have known then, you know now, how do you feel like 
you, you would have handled, handled that situation? I would have handled it completely different. I would have spread out. There's some things we can learn about from the animal kingdom. And one of those is spreading out. When we spread our stuff out, and if you watch, if you watch politicians, if you watch people on TV, they will spread their things out. And you'll notice that even when you go into a boardroom, there are some people that will spread their things out. And there are other people that will sit kind of tight. Women are especially bad at sitting tight with their their legs crossed, their, their information right in front of them. But in the animal kingdom, if they want to be powerful, they spread out. So I like to think of it like a peacock. We have a choice to make, right? We can spread our feathers out or we can tuck them into our train. We're still the same bird, but it's how we demonstrate those power tools. So I would have, first of all, spread out. I would have lowered my voice. I would have looked him in the eye and I would have talked very pointed and direct to him. Now, I'll be honest, I don't know if that would have changed the situation. But what I can tell you it would have done is it would have created a different situation for me. Because when I first left his office, I was I was furious that somebody would do that to me. And I went home and told everybody I had sleepless nights. I tried to figure out what to say. And I know that if I had known how to handle my power, if I had not given it away, if I'd remained in control and responded instead of reacted to what he was saying and not let him fluster me, I know that I would have walked away still feeling empowered, even if the situation hadn't changed. So what made you want to write about your your situation and, and to show people how to not give their power away? Well, I went on and had a very successful career in fundraising and especially healthcare fundraising. And I sat in the C-suite and many times as I was sitting at those board tables, a lot of times I would feel um, overlooked or underappreciated. Or many times what I saw was that I would give a great idea, right? A good idea. And I would share it with everybody and be kind of brushed over. And then somebody else would come in Two minutes later, say exactly the same thing I said, and everybody would rave about what a brilliant idea it was. And as I started to look at it, I started to see that this was all power dynamics that were actually taking place. And then as I started coaching people and consulting in organizations, what I was finding was that almost all the conflicts that happened in organizations were based or revolved around power dynamics between people. And I wanted to teach people that, you know, power is not a position. It's not about dominance or control. Many times we think that it is, but power is just simply the capacity or the ability to direct or influence the behavior of others or a course of events. Power is about controlling ourselves. We only have the ability to control ourselves. And I wanted to give people power tools. And I say that in, in jest, right? That we can choose which tool to use in any given situation so that we don't create power struggles. The book is named Power Up, Power Down because there's two ways to deal with power. Both of them are in a form of verbal and nonverbal communication. But when we power up, it's a choice we make to step into a fuller presence, like spreading out or making direct eye contact. But powering down is a little different. And, I, and people think powering down is not as powerful. I think powering down is actually as powerful, if not more powerful, because powering down is intentionally changing your stance. 
expressing empathy, giving others a chance to talk or interrupt, maybe using a softer tone of voice. It's an intentional way to hold your own power while also making the other person feel more at ease. And when you can make the other person feel at ease, you don't get into power struggles. Well, talk about three simple steps that somebody can use or or people can use to shift the balance of power. Well, I love to do this because it's something you can walk away and you can do right now. So there's three steps that I say to harness your power and to be respond appropriately any and every situation. And the first one is to recognize that power is a choice. We can choose to stand in our own power. We don't have to give it away. And what you might find is surprising is most people pick their place on the power continuum. It's not assigned to them. They pick it. So the first one is recognizing that power is a choice. The second one is to understand both sides of those coins, right? That just like a peacock who can be full feathers or the, the feathers tucked into his train, that we have a choice to make, that there's two sides of power and we can choose them. And then the third thing is to shift from a habitual response or re, I'm sorry, a habitual reaction to a thoughtful response. Because we have a chance, Victor Victor Frankl said that there's a space between a stimulus and a response, and it's in that space that we need to harness and understand which power tool we want to use, whether we want to power up or power down. You talk about using mindset and personal empowerment. Explain that and and explain what you mean by that and and how, how do people do that? Well, you know, we can't live a positive life with a negative mind. And I have a friend and we jokingly say we would never talk to other people and say the things that we say to ourselves. And many times we use negative self-talk to ourselves. And if we don't feel we're powerful, if we don't feel we're worthy to harness our own personal power, we're not going to be successful in this situation. So we first have to look at our mindset and we have to determine Are we really feeling like we are, we can harness our power? Or are we saying things like, I can't do that? You know, I don't have any power. And we need to flip those around and say things like, I can do those things. I'm a smart person and I can choose to harness the power in situation. What we sometimes forget is that power is limitless. It's available and limitless in any and every situation. The problem has been in the past, we don't know how to tap into it. But if we don't have the mindset that we have the ability or that we're worthy to tap into our own personal power or to stand in our own empowerment, we won't be able to use the tools. We just won't. We just won't pull the tools out of our tool belt. Talk about the difference between power and influence. How how are those two words different? Well, power is about your own personal empowerment. And when we stand in our power, that's different than influence. You know, I I call power the ability or the capacity to direct or influence the behavior of others, other people's course of action. But power is understanding one simple concept. And that is we only have the power to control ourselves. We can influence other people but we really only have the power to control ourselves. And we waste so much time and energy 
trying to make people behave the way we want them to behave. It's so much easier to, for me to tell you what to do, Curtis, than for me to look at myself and lead myself. And we get caught up in that. We waste our time and energy on things that we can't change. We can influence them, but real power comes from, from the idea that we stand in our own empowerment and we can only change ourselves. Now, when we change ourselves and we start responding instead of reacting, that's when we can start changing outcomes because now we're not getting into power struggles. People aren't behaving as if they have to defend themselves. And that's when the outcomes start to change. Well, talk about why it's important to set boundaries and the four steps of setting boundaries that can work for people. Well, boundaries are what I call the secret sauce to power dynamics. They're simply boundaries are like limits that we set around our time, our energy, and our money. And, you know, sometimes we don't hold our own boundaries. We let people bust through our boundary lines. When I grew up, and I think I want to describe boundaries in this way. When I grew up, my father was meticulous about keeping his yard. He would walk through the yard. He would pick up rocks because at that time they didn't have the catchers and they would, would fly and could hurt somebody or break a window. But there's one thing about my yard. My father knew exactly where he was to mow up to. And my neighbor knew exactly where they he was supposed to mow up to. They knew where their property lines ended and the other one began. And that's kind of like where boundaries are. We know where our limits around our time, our energy, and our money end. And we have to be clear on where those boundaries are. And when we can be clear about where our boundaries are, we can set them. For example, if somebody gets a hold of you on Friday afternoon and says, hey, I've had a really busy week and I wasn't able to get something done, would you do it for me? Many times we often say, okay, I can help you with that instead of maybe holding our boundaries and saying something like, well, I'd be happy to help you with that next time if you gave me a two-day notice, but I'm unable to help this time. See, when we grew up, no was a bad word. We learned it when we were like two years old. When we said no, people got upset with us. And what's happened since then is we don't hold our boundaries. And I especially think boundaries are important because because of my struggle with power, I, I say that I'm a recovering people pleaser. Because I tried to please people and thinking that that would get my power. But the four steps to holding our boundaries and holding our health and our well-being is, first of all, to define them, right? And, and know where they start and where they stop. And then we need to examine the symptoms of why we're saying yes to everybody and we're not saying no. You know, is there something in our past childhood that taught us that, you know, we need to take somebody else's responsibility or did we have pressure from somebody to help or did somebody withdraw affection maybe when we didn't go along and do what they wanted us to do? Then the third thing, we need to identify the need of not holding our boundaries. There's some benefit we're getting out of not holding our boundaries. Maybe we have a fear of abandonment. Maybe it's guilt. We need to look at what's causing the other person to push past our boundaries and for us to give our powers power away. And then, of course, we want to respond and not react. We want to always take a deep breath, let ourselves, and hold our boundaries tight. There are always going to be people 
that are going to try to bust through our boundaries. And when people try to bust through our boundaries, we need to actually hold them tight because they will bust through if we, if we let them. Speaking of that, talk about the six personality types when it comes <laughs> to power in the workplace. Um, personality types. And the first thing we need to realize is we all have been at least one of them, if not more, at times. So this isn't something we want to go around and just point fingers and label people because they ebb and flow, right? And we've all done it. So if you want to label somebody, label them as friends. But one thing I've learned with power dynamics we can't identify what's going on. We can't deal with it. So what I did was I have six personality types, power personality types that like to bust through and take a hold of power. And what I did in the book is I gave a few tips on what they were and how to deal with them. But for today, I just want to share them with you. And the first one, we gave them cute little names because it's kind of a serious topic. First one's a toxic pollinator. So if you think about a toxic pollinator, I want you to think about a little bee. This is somebody who goes around and sows disharmony amongst team members. So you might find them behind closed doors, spreading a little, little disharmony here, spreading a little negativity here, spreading a little uh, strife here. And then what happens a lot of times is you'll come back into a meeting and it'll blow up and people are looking at each other like, what just happened? And a lot of times that's the work of a toxic pollinator, like this little bee going around sowing all of this to create discord and mistrust. And then it blows up in a meeting. The second one is the snaker. If you think, if you remember Disney's movie, The Jungle Book, there was a snake in there called Cop, and he would use his eyes to mesmerize, mesmerize everybody. But what was interesting about the snaker is he uses humor and charm just like that. And he lures others into sharing information, ideas, and then later he claims them in his own. So the snaker is hard to spot. And he's usually the comic welcome relief in the meetings because he's always cracking jokes. But you have to be really careful about a snaker because he will raise up and bite you when you least expect it. So the third one is an interesting one. It's an Insulter offloader. This is somebody who insults you. And as you're reeling from the insult, they offload their work on you. So it erodes kind of at our self-confidence and our self-worth. And we become emotional because we've just been insulted. And then we react by giving our power away, which is often demonstrated by doing the work for them. The fourth one is the info hoarder. I had my daughter call me just probably a couple of weeks ago and say, mom, I can't believe this. I'm working with a bunch of info hoarders. And I was like, she gets it. She understands it. The info hoarders thrives on gaining their power through the manipulation of, of information and they orchestrate the failure of others. So think about it this way. You might get a project and somebody would give you the information, but they withhold something that's very key. So when you go back and do the project, you do a good job, but you're missing something key, just not quite on the mark. And then this info hoarder comes in knowing the information and will look like they're saving the day. So you have to watch to make sure that there's not somebody who maintains or, or manipulates with their power by, the, by using information and the withholding of information. And then the last one, 
The last one has a cute little name. It's called the swoop and poop. When I worked with board members, they were notorious for being swoop and poops. And I have to admit, I'm probably guilty of being a swoop and poop a lot. So what a swoop and poop does is they don't come around very often, but when they do, they intermittently come in, create a lot of with the team, create a change of focus with the team on usually issues that aren't relevant. And they get the team all worked up and in running in different directions, and then they leave just as quickly. And it's interesting because a swoop and poop really can play havoc on a team. A lot of times I had board members that would come in and do this, and my team would be frazzled for the rest of the day until we learn to identify them and then how to deal with them. Okay, well, tell listeners about your book. Tell them what they can expect when they read it and I understand that you also have a special offer for listeners as well. Yes. So my book is written as a guidebook. So it's written to take you through step-by-step on how to harness your power and then identify uh, these toxic situations in the workplace. But it's also written as a at the end to give you the tools that you need. I want everybody to be able to take out their power tools and use them in every situation. So even on page 198 and 199, it actually has the attributes of how to power up and power down. And what I tell people to do is to, you're going to naturally gravitate to some and, and some of them aren't going to be a surprise, but to pick one or two and, and to learn all the power tools, but pick one or two and use them for a while till you become comfortable with them and then actually uh, add on a few more. I've been in situations where I've used just this book. And when I use the tools that are in this book, I create win-win outcomes every single time, even when I walk into a heated situation. And I want everybody to have this book in their hands because it gives them the opportunity to harness their own power, have the tools to create win-win situations in everything that they do. So if people will go to gailgift.com, that's G-A-I-L-G-I-F-T.com, you can get a copy of my book instantly for a dollar. And it's normally a $17.95 book, but I believe so much that this is such a topic and it's so such soft skills that need to be learned and everybody needs to grasp but that having these tools in their hands will help them. I also have on that for that dollar, you're not just going to get the book, but you're also going to get a video from me that will teach you how to create dopamine in somebody's mind so that they like you, and they remember you in the first four seconds you meet them. That's key to success. And then we're also going to have a training and a challenge, a three-day challenge on how to introduce yourself or do an elevator pitch, what you should include, how you should do it, the words you should use, the order in which you should do them. You're going to learn how to make sure not to have your body calling your mouth a liar. So many times the words coming out of our mouth our body um, accounts and our nonverbal accounts for newest statistic is 97% of what we're saying. So we need to make sure we're paying attention to our body. I love it. We plan for meetings. We talk about what we're going to say. We think about it. We dream about it. We never think about what our body's saying. And then we're also going to talk about how to harness interpersonal power. And that's all for a dollar. 
that's how invested I am of making sure that people understand power dynamics and they don't have to struggle like I my entire life. Well, what are the upcoming projects that you're working on that the listeners need to know about? Anything else? Well, I do a lot of work around diversity, equity, and inclusion, and a lot of work around generations. So one of the things that I've just completed is a generation assessment that takes into account your DISC personality style, but it overlays your generation style. So it talks about, you know, your IM statement, your greatest fear, and it takes into account, this is the first time we have five generations in the workforce, and it takes into account how your generations play in to the workforce and how we communicate with each other and how our greatest fears interact and how they play out as members of a team. And that's just been amazing to watch because I think we have some great generations coming up that are going to do some amazing things. And, you know, generation gaps, that's the uh, age old thing. There's every generation says, oh my gosh, this new generation that's coming up. But if now we can learn to work together and harness those strengths that come with each generation, it's going to be amazing what we can do. So is GailGift.com best place that listeners can keep up with everything that you're doing? Yeah, well, they want to receive the book for a dollar, go to galegift.com. But if you also want to keep up with new teachings and things I have, I would say follow me on Facebook. It's Gail Rudolph Author. I have a Facebook page there. I post tons of information on there about all kinds of things, you know, how to deliver an apology, what, uh, uh, how to change somebody's mind, what not to do when we're going about changing somebody's mind. So you'll get tons of information on my Facebook page. But if you want to receive the book, the free offer, that's gailgift.com. Okay. Close us out with some final thoughts. Maybe something I forgot to touch on that you would like to touch on or just any final thoughts you have for the listener. You know, I think my final thoughts are don't be scared of power. We have this idea that we power is something we should fear and power, our own interpersonal power is, is something we should embrace. And we can tap into our power the moment we leave this meeting. I told you a couple of things, eye contact, right? Spreading out, sitting small. There's so many different things that we can do with power. I went to, I had a, had a problem once at the DMV and I went in and I decided to only use the power tools. And it was amazing because it was going to be a confrontation and nobody wanted to help me. And by the time I left there, we were all laughing and it was a dance. It was powering up at times. It was powering down at times. It was spreading out. It was becoming small. And what was happening, the tone of voice, smiles, everything, eye contact. All of that played in. I used the only, only the tools and it was so easy. And not only did we resolve the problem, the manager called me the day later and said, I understand we made a big mistake with you and it, you could have been really upset with us. My team said they had a great time interacting with you. Power is about creating win-win situations and you have all the power you need. Just tap into it. Tap into it, listeners. Also, keep up with everything that Gail's up to. Go get that book for a dollar. Please be sure to follow, rate, review, share this episode to as many people as possible so we can all learn how to make 
every situation a win-win situation. See Jackson102 at Cox.net is where you can send your guest suggestions or any feedback that you have for the show. Please be sure to tell a friend. Gail, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.